What's up, people of the 425? Sarah here. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, I'm with Jack and Luca. How are you guys doing today? I'm doing great, thanks. So am I. Okay, so this episode is sponsored by Beacon Plumbing. When you need a Seattle plumbing company, no one beats Beacon Plumbing. Stop freaking call Beacon. Okay, now moving on to the short story segment. Um, on this episode, we will be discussing The Yellow Wallpaper by Charlotte Perkins Gilman, written in 1892 and rewritten in 2010 to reflect on the similarities of the time frame. The story goes into detail about a woman who is driven mad from being locked away in a room for months, who has rarely any connection with the outside world. Okay, so the first question is, how does the narrator's description of the wallpaper change over time? For me, I said at the beginning, the narrator describes the uh, wallpaper as a sprawling, flamboyant patterns, uh, committing every artistic sin. Um, but at the end of the short story, she describes it as like new shoots of fungus and new shades of yellow all over it. And that's as she starts like seeming to become like more crazy. She starts seeing other shades of yellow, even though there isn't, and like shoots of fungus, which like aren't actually there so this is when she starts like going crazy and like comes out of the wall like i kind of agree with you but the question isn't like accurate for me because it says how did they talk about like how they change it but i just think they kind of were shaping it over time like they were shaping the wallpaper and the narrator over time and the writer just keeps adding to the character living in the wallpaper adding on details such as I wonder if they all came out of the wallpaper like I did, which really, like, signified that they were the wallpaper. But, like, earlier on in the text, they were, she was talking about the person, uh, like, about the narrator, but that she just wasn't giving enough detail to, to have, like, the reader know that it was the wallpaper. And just, like, as you got further in the story, she developed the narrator. Uh, I kind of disagree with that. I thought the the wallpaper didn't change at all throughout the story. They just described it differently, even when they said that they came out of it. I think it was still the same wallpaper, just being like used in a different way. Um, I agree with Luca, but I think like the wallpaper like kind of develops over time as like the narrator starts to go like a little psycho. And so, like, at the beginning, she, like, talks of, like, the wallpaper, and she says, like, the color is repellent, almost revolting, as, like, she just dislikes it. Then when you get to the end of the story, like, she can't stand it. She, like, is ripping it off the wall, like, just doesn't want to be around it. Okay, for our next question, we have, what does the wallpaper represent? I said that the wallpaper represents her home and the fact that she was, like, going crazy. Uh, that she said, like, I wonder if they can all come out of the wallpaper like I did, showing that, like, she lived in the, the wallpaper and that she, like, came out of it with other people that she was seeing. Because um, she said that in the story that she saw other, like, figures crawling around and that they were very fast um so that might just be her going crazy or that like she actually did like live in the wallpaper so that's why i said it was like her home in a way yeah the the wallpaper in the story is like the girl trapped in the wallpaper but like at the time in real life 
women were having struggles with the quality and the power of speech. So when she when she came out with this story, it was like a way to show that women were like trapped in a sense. And instead of being heard, they were just kind of looked past and thought of as either like crazy or wrong. And one of the quotes that kept like reappearing in the short story was, you see, he does not believe I am sick. And it, it just kind of like shows that like the men looked past the women and didn't kind of take their opinion seriously. And this story kind of brought that to light. Um, I think that's kind of interesting, but I said that I think the wallpaper represents the structure of medicine and the family like traditions. And so like that's why I think the narrator finds herself trapped in the paper. And I pulled a quote that says, the floor is scratched and gouged and splintered. The plaster itself is dug out here and there. And this great heavy bed, which is all we found in the room, looks as if it had been through the wars, like showing that all these women are trapped or like were trapped during this time because they were like put in their place by men who had power over them and the structure of medicine was much different at the time so like they were just locked in a way locked away yeah i kind of agree but also like disagree in a way with that because women at that time didn't really have a say like if the man said that they were sick or whatever and especially if they were a doctor they could just like lock them away and call them like crazy or whatever um, but at the same time, the beginning of the story, she said that she, like, agreed. She's like, oh, if I'm sick, then I should be here. And she kind of, like, in a way agreed. So for some women, it depends. Like, if they actually don't think they'll, they're sick, then they don't get a choice. But I feel like the, the woman in the story, at least in the beginning, sounded like she was sick. to the meaning of the text of the world around us today? Um, well, mine kind of relates back to what I was saying before in that like the story does not directly tell you that it is about women's rights to speak, but it is a subtle way to say that women are not getting enough attention in the sense that they aren't getting heard, like basically polit politically or economically, or just like in general, not nearly as much as men have, and are mostly seen as just women who take orders from a man. Because, like, in the story, the, the lady that was trapped in the wallpaper was known as crazy and wasn't getting heard. But the lady that had, like, followed the orders of the man to help take care of the, quote, crazy lady was seen as, like, perfectly normal. So it was kind of like saying if you followed the orders of a man, you were accepted, but, like, you still didn't have the same rights and the same respect as a man. Um, I don't know about that, Jack. I was thinking that, like, even though, uh, like, today it relates to, like, women's rights and stuff, is that, like, even back then, like, I think this was written, what, like, 18-something or, like, 1900s? Maybe 1892. Yeah, so even back then, women only gained, like, the right to the vote and stuff in, like, early 1900s. So, like, they didn't even have a say in, like, the government or anything. So it kind of just shows that even though they don't, like, say it at all in the story or show it, um, it relates to, like, women's rights and how, like, even today, ev like, not everything's equal for men and women. Um, I agree that it's about women's rights, but I also think, like, a part of it is due to, like, this stigma to mental health today and that 
I mean, people are kind of starting to believe that it actually, like, impacts your health. And um, in the short story, there's a quote that says, better in body, perhaps. And then there's an awkward pause between the two characters. And then the husband says, my darling, I beg of you for, for my sake and for our children's sake, as well as for your own, that you never let that idea into your mind. So like, even though he's a doctor, he like locks her away. Like, even though that like with mental health, you can't really do that. Like you want to get out. Okay, moving on to our next segment, we're going to be talking about the bachelor. So what do we think about the final six women and predictions of who's going to go to hometowns? Um, well, these final six women just kind of mostly played it safe except for like you know Victoria F and Kelly were like my two girls from the start and I, I think they're going all the way personally like they're always impressing Peter and they're just like I think one of them is the one for Peter but uh for these final six I'm just glad that Tammy's gone you know she's kind of was like Alea bringing in drama into the house she basically like replaced Alea by just talking bad about other people and not focusing on her relationship with Peter. Yeah, I agree with that. I'm glad she's out because all she brought to the house wasn't just like, she just annoyed other people and created drama and just made it like harder for Peter to actually focus on other girls in the house. And so it kind of just like made things like pointless. But I think that like, like Victoria F and um, Hannah Ann, I hope I think they're gonna keep going far. To be honest, I think uh, Victoria is gonna win it. But I mean, everything else that like Jack said about them playing it safe is true. Um, I think that no one's gonna win it because they're all not very good, <laughs> like compared to other seasons. But I like Madison. She's really like sweet, but. I don't know. She seems to have some red flags now. So. Yeah, I don't think she's going to win. Just because, yeah. like, I don't know. Peter doesn't seem that into her and stuff. But, like, she's okay. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm excited to see what's going to happen. Yeah. Only a few weeks left. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Thanks for tuning in and hope you can join us next week as we continue the short story conversation. Thanks for being a part of this episode. Look good, Jack. Yep. Thanks for having me. Have a good one. Yeah, thank you. See you guys next week.